Alrighty, hello and welcome to you. This is the Bar Southeast Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Blevins. fell to the hands of the Boston Bruins 4-3 in overtime on Tuesday night amidst a fierce hunt for the final playoff spots in the Eastern Conference's Metropolitan Division. Things started off well for Carolina. Sebastian Ajo buried his 28th and 29th goals of the season, but Boston would start to gain ground in the second. Chris Wagner fired home his 10th goal of the season to make it 2-1, and at the tail end of the second period, it was Jake DeBrusque burying a rebound on a David Krejci breakaway to tie things up at two. Patrice Bergeron would give Boston the lead on a feed from everyone's favorite Brad Marchand to put Boston ahead 3-2. to two. However, the Hurricanes would fight back. Oh, captain, my captain, Justin Williams buried a one-timer from the point to knock things up at three. Despite a lack of speed down the stretch, the Hurricanes on the back of tremendous goaltending from Curtis McElhaney kept it tied and sent the game to overtime. On a bad turnover behind the net, Justin Falk gave it away to Jake DeBrusque, who found David Krejci in front, and Krejci buried it for his 16th of the season, and the overtime win for Boston, 4-3. Well, I hope you didn't miss us too terribly much. We've been keeping up with everything on Twitter. Uh, there's been a lot going on in the world of triangle sports, and the Carolina Hurricanes are all of a sudden relevant again. The last time we were on air with all of you before the All-Star break, it seemed like the Hurricanes had dissipated into the realms of nothingness, and all of a sudden here we are talking playoff hockey and just how good could this team be. We're going to try something different with our podcast through the rest of the season. We're going to make it a little bit shorter, and hopefully we'll be sharing clips with you on Twitter as well. You can follow us at Bar Southeast on Twitter to get more updates and more content. And as always, we'll have our Twitter page running for Carolina Hurricanes home games. I don't want to bog down too much what happens in the beginning of this contest because I think so much of this game at this stage in the season isn't about how you start, it's about how you finish. And while you must applaud what Sebastian Ajo did, He's starting to get a couple of mentions in the Hart Trophy race. I think that's legitimate. I don't think he's going to win it. He's a goal shy of a 30-goal season with still over 15 games to play in the year for the Hurricanes. This is a guy who's playing some of the best hockey of his career. And all of that is for naught because the Hurricanes don't win this hockey game. And if you want to look at the major point, this is a very cut-and-dry situation. Justin Falk has no strength on the puck in the defensive zone. It comes down to that. And it's unfortunate that a guy that we have heralded on this podcast, that people have talked about he's having a much better season than in years past, it's probably the best hockey he's played in five years, reverts to last year and the year before is Justin Falk. That's a wasted effort because of the mistake of one guy. And you can't overstate that in overtime. This is a play that a reliable, sure-handed top-six defenseman in the NHL, regardless of if you play for the Los Angeles Kings or the New Jersey Devils right now, or if you play for the Tampa Bay Lightning, if you're playing in the NHL, it's a play you've got to make, and it cost the Carolina Hurricanes a point because he was too soft on the puck. Plain and simple as that. Now, I will remark, 
there are a couple of other things that lead to this. I thought the Hurricanes looked a little bit slow in the second period, and that second goal that goes in that DeBrusque scores, lifting it over Curtis McElhaney, that's the one for me that stings the second most. Not the fact that Bergeron buries the feed from Marchand, but the fact that DeBrusque is able to score and tie that game in the last two minutes of the second period. That's stinging. And the reason that is is the Hurricanes played a really bad period. To that point, Boston dictated the pace of play. The Bruins were the better team, and the Hurricanes just had no response whatsoever. They made turnovers in the defensive zone. They weren't able to capitalize on a couple of offensive opportunities. And even when you look at the um, Bergeron goal, giving that up shorthanded, these are things that could have prevented us from even going into the overtime period where Falk makes the mistake. It's little miscues like that that at this point are the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Now the good is Curtis McElhaney, I thought, played a tremendous game of hockey. I really did. And especially in the third period, I did not think there was any hope in Hades that the Hurricanes were going to even get a point out of that, which is unfortunate considering the Blue Jackets, the Islanders, and the Penguins all secured two points in wins in the extra frame or a shootout this evening. But McElhaney made a couple of critical saves down the stretch, and he faced a heavy workload tonight. Would not surprise me to see Peter Mrazek go against Winnipeg at home on Friday, but Curtis McElhaney might be my personal favorite story on this Hurricanes team this year because he's a guy that just delivers. He doesn't make drama. He doesn't have off nights. He has games where he's better than others, but since last season, he's leading the league in goals against average with a minimum of 20 starts. And oh, by the way, he's won close to 20 games. He's won 17 games this season. And think about how many times he's come into the net and come into a game that Carolina needs solid goaltending and what all he's done. It's amazing. It really is. He's been a tremendous asset for this Carolina Hurricanes team this year. Stepping outside of the realm of this individual game, though, and this is something that we're going to try to be diligent about throughout the rest of the year, let's take a look at the standings board as we follow up with a disappointing night for the Hurricanes. At the end of the day, this does not have a tremendous bearing on the Hurricane statistics. And this is why. Carolina gains one point tonight in the standings. That takes them to 79, Michael Furland, on the year. Behind them, tied with them, is the Pittsburgh Penguins. But here is the critical thing. Carolina owns the regulation and overtime win category, the row, row, row your boat category that was instituted a handful of years ago as the first tiebreaker when teams have played the same amount of games. The Hurricanes have 35 regulation overtime wins. The Pittsburgh Penguins have 34. If you want to talk about why it is critical to finish teams off in regulation in the overtime period, right there's it. The Hurricanes own that tiebreaker on Pittsburgh right now. If they were to tie themselves with either Washington or the New York Islanders, 
they have one more regulation and overtime win against both of those teams. The only team in the hunt that the Hurricanes would lose that tiebreaker to is the Columbus Blue Jackets, who with two points tonight hop over Montreal with 77 points in the standings for the final wild card spot. As bad as it is that Falk makes the play that ends up costing Carolina a point, sending this game to overtime tonight was a tremendous accomplishment for Carolina. And that should not be lost on Ucaniacs. What the Hurricanes did tonight to get one of the best teams in the league to overtime is a tremendous accomplishment. And you want to look at just how good Boston is. Boston, statistically, is the second best team in the league. They would be leading any other division in the NHL right now, except for the fact the Tampa Bay Lightning are in the Atlantic with 104 points and are running away from everybody. You got a really good look at a Stanley Cup contender in the Boston Bruins tonight. And the Hurricanes hung with them on less than a 60-minute effort. If you want to talk about building confidence, that's something to take away. Is that the Hurricanes still hung. And I think it's important to step outside of this individual 62-minute effort decompress and realize that if you were able to nick points off of teams and just survive, you're in the playoffs right now. And not only that, you're going to be playing either a Washington team that has not been as good this year as they were last year and a team that you get to see a lot, especially down the stretch here. Or you get to play the New York Islanders who are a team that the Hurricanes have struggled against this season, but they're showing chinks in their armor as well. This Metropolitan Division, in my opinion, probably has the most parity of any team, of any division in the NHL. And that's what you're looking at if you're the Hurricanes. Because here's what's outstanding to me. When I was looking at the schedule, and I actually had the opportunity to talk to a young person today about the Hurricanes matchup against Boston compared to everybody else in this hunt, where... The Islanders are taking on, excuse me, the Ottawa Senators. Senators are less than stellar this season. Pittsburgh's taking on Florida. The Hurricanes already saw the Panthers. They're a team that's in struggle and rebuild mode. And the Columbus Blue Jackets are taking on the New Jersey Devils playoff team last year who has sold off all of his assets, and they're going to go into a rebuild in these next couple of years as well. The Devils took the Blue Jackets to a shootout and lost. The Senators took the Islanders to a shootout and lost, and the Panthers took the Penguins to overtime and lost. We're talking single plays here that determine this night in the NHL and who becomes a winner and who becomes a loser. The other thing to look at is by gaining that one point, the Hurricanes are within four points of the top of the Metropolitan Division. This was a team that was last in the division in December. Keep that in mind. Personally, if you want to wrap up this evening on one word, one phrase, it's damage control. The Hurricanes did damage control tonight. I still don't believe that was their best effort. I still believe they showed some chinks in their armor. It's tough to go on the road to Boston only to come back home and then go on a three-game road stretch to play against teams that are in or in the hunt. Welcome to it. 
But if the Hurricanes are going to make the playoffs, the playoffs have begun for Carolina at this point. There is no easy game left. There's no such thing. And the Hurricanes can't even afford to look ahead to what's at the end of the season because you do get a little bit of alleviation by playing New Jersey at home and Philadelphia on the road, and neither one of those teams should make the playoffs. Philadelphia has a pulse, but it's faint. You're going to play your way in. And your head start is all of one single game. That's all the cushion you've got. If you want to look at what addictive hockey is, turn your television set on, buy your tickets, go to the game, because it's going to be good. And down the stretch, every game becomes a little bit more important. As we told you, we are going to shorten the podcast a little bit. Hopefully, that keeps you guys in your routine, and hopefully that gets us a few more listens. We certainly hope that you'll give us feedback, interact with us on Twitter, at Bar Southeast. But... As always, we have to have a trivia question at the end of our program because what would Bar Southeast be if not for trivia? And the trivia question tonight is this. Peter Mrazek and Curtis McElhaney recently became the only goaltending duo to reach this landmark achievement. In franchise history. What is it? Give you a few minutes to think. This one kind of shocked me because there have been a couple of really good hurricane goaltending duos over the years. I think back to Archer Zerbe and Kevin Weeks. I think back to the season where Cam Ward was injured and Manny Legacy came in. There have been a couple of solid goaltenders that have played in this organization, but Due to the newfangledness of the position, you don't really see this prior to 2010. Curtis McElhaney and Peter Morozik became the first goaltending duo in franchise history to both achieve 16 wins in a season. Think about this. The Hurricanes, let me get my stat sheet pulled up for you here. The Hurricanes have 36 wins this season. If I'm not mistaken... Curtis McElhaney has accounted for 17 of them. Peter Mrazek has accounted for 16 of them. Alex Nedeljkovic got his first NHL win in Vancouver. And Scott Darling accounted for two way back eons ago. Think about that for a second. You want to talk about having a true two-horse pulling team? Look at that statistic right there. That could be an asset if the Hurricanes are fortunate enough to keep their position in the Stanley Cup playoffs as they are right now. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back on air Friday after the Carolina Hurricanes tangle with the Winnipeg Jets at PNC Arena. 7.30 puck drop time. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Until next time, I'm your host, Drew Blevins. We'll see you.